Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And you know what? I'm excited today. We got a very special episode planned today. Some of my co-hosts decided not to show up, so but I'm one couple monkeys don't stop no show. Not at all. But I got the rabbi with me, uh, Rabbi Shonda. Say what's up. Hi, everybody. Nice to meet you, Mr. Dixon. Pleasure. And my special guest for today. Now, I just want y'all to know I reached out to this gentleman a couple weeks ago. Um, just a uh, squirrel looking for a nut and threw it out there. <laughs> squirrel game. <laughs> squirrel game. And um, he accepted my invitation, and I just want to thank him. This is uh, Mr. Benjamin Dixon. Ben is the host of the Benjamin Dixon podcast. Uh, he's also an author. He wrote a book called Jesus is Not a Republican. He's the co-host of the Morning Trap, one of my favorite shows, the clickbaity political thirst trap that comes on in the evenings. He's a political commentator on several different uh, networks. He's a man of God, a husband, a father, and absolutely a free black man. <laughs> So I just want to thank you for coming on, Ben. I appreciate you. I really, I really, really hey, give man. you a round of applause. I just want to hey, thank I, you. I appreciate that introduction, man. You know what? If you want the best introductions, you got to go to the house of the Lord. You go to the house of the Lord, you, they know how to do introductions. So I, I, I am honored. Thank you for that. Well, I just want you to know that I appreciate, you know, when I uh, showed a couple of my co-hosts who couldn't be here today because some things came up. I'm like, this guy's got like 100,000 YouTube subscribers, almost 200,000 uh, Twitter followers, even though he lost about 20,000 <laughs> because of some stuff he said. But I said, hey, he, he, you know, just for him to say yes. And, you know, I, I mean, this is going to really help yeah. the, the, the uh, podcast grow. Yes. But, oh, my um, pleasure, man. But, but I appreciate you. So we're going to dive right into the topic. And because. For sure. Ben being in the politics, it must be something political that we're talking about today. So we're going to look at the intersectionality of uh, politics and the church, mm -hmm. as well as uh, talking a little bit about the man who will no longer be president in three days, uh, number 45. <laughs> I don't like to mention his name much, but um, so we're going to start right off. Um, ben, so let me just ask you, um, how do you feel about the church's role um, in today's <laughs> politics. I'm going to be honest with you. My opinion of the church's role in the politics has made a complete 180. I left the church, um, quote unquote, left the church. Cause you never, you know, you never really leave. You can't leave the body of Christ. Right. right? Um, um, I left actively working for churches and pursuing a path to quote unquote, change the world through the pulpit. I left it around 2008 when there was such a, um, I, I, I was I was troubled by the response that the black church didn't give in regards to the Jeremiah Wright slash Barack Obama controversy back in 2008. I personally and, and I could be, you know, my personal feelings doesn't mean, make it right. Right. But back in 2008, I personally felt that the black church didn't step up to cover Jeremiah Wright in that political moment, the way I felt like he needed to be covered because he was speaking the unadulterated truth, right? He was speaking the gospel truth. And by the black church not stepping up, I felt some kind of way and I left. Now, that said, you never leave the body of Christ. The flip side of it is, is now on this 10 year journey that I've been on, I realize the role of the black church is so critical right now. 
more than ever before that um, that it's time for the for 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 the remnant to be heard from. And um, so I, I think our role is critical. And we showed up and we showed out and we've been saving America election after election. Man, you preaching already. Hold on. Look at Sean the face. Let me throw my notes away. <laughs> Man, you already preaching that that old Ben Dixon. I'm gonna start calling you pastor in a minute. Hey, bro, let me wait, 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 wait. wait. Don't, don't, don't call me pastor. I ain't nobody pastor because they go watch the show and be like, oh, that that brother say too many words. Yeah, and, I, I know and, you, you know. Yeah, I understand. I, I, I love my wife. My wife likes Morris Chestnut. I like Megan the Stallion. So y'all don't y'all y'all pray for us because hey, we ain't nobody's pastors. Right there, yeah, right? but hey, listen, let me tell you something. We we gotta understand that salvation looks differently on different people, but we still are <laughs> we ordinary still Lord, people. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shonda, what do you think about the, the church and uh, politics in today? Well, you know, one of, one of my concerns is that the church seems steeped in holding on to their idea that the mm. very base of America is Christian, and it's not. Come on. So, you know, their attempt at making it Christian like it used to be baffles me. You know, America was founded by a man who discovered it while people were already there. And once those people showed them how to live off the land, they killed them. Then they went and captured kings, queens, prince, and princesses, enslaved them, brought them here, took their language from them, made them take slave names, beat them, made them, build Mm. this country up. And then call them three-fourths of a human. Three-fifths. Three-fifths. <laughs> that is the basis of America. There's nothing Christian about it. Then you mm. take those same people and appropriate their culture. You plump up your lips. <laughs> and, you know, you get the tans and steal the language. And do everything you can to be like us. Now, that inspiration is free, but the sauce is sold separately. Mm. 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 Now, that's why she an elder being <laughs> hey you know another reason i'm I, I like to say i'm coming back to the church truth is i never left um only time i left the church was when i was in boston and um it's it, it, there's some really good churches there but they were just too far like okay. they're, they're, you know no, in the you. south in the south their churches they're amazing churches on every corner when i lived in boston i couldn't really participate in the i church was the i was I born to. in the ball i was born in boston but i've never been there since I was oh, a baby. Really? I was oh, really? born what, in what uh, part of Boston? Stoughton, Stoughton, Massachusetts. Okay. Stoughton, yeah, well, yep. Stoughton, we, we Stoughton. call it, you know, from the South, we call it Stoughton, but oh, Stoughton okay. is, is how they say it up there. But, yeah. uh, but the, the point is, is like, I, one of the reasons I kind of say I'm going back to the church is because there's a, there's a language that we're afforded uh, the freedom to speak with, uh, a certain level of truth to power that we, I, I found you can't really speak the kind of truth to power um, that Shauna just spoke, you can't really speak it like that in politics without becoming an en- enemy of the state. Absolutely. But because we live in this country and we got freedom of religion, we could say, thus saith the Lord, right. America better repent. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And, right. Yeah. 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 But I, and, and one thing that you said is because even what we saw in the, in this election that just passed a, a special election down in Georgia where you're at, is they tried to weaponize some of the things that uh, Reverend Warnock said mm-hmm. that we know are traditions of the black church. Same thing that they tried to do with Reverend Jeremiah Wright that got you disenfranchised. 
Right. Facts, facts. And that's the thing. Like, and here's a beautiful thing about progress. And, 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 and this is why um, I, and, and Sean, I really appreciate you framing that because it's, it's the way it is the, the attempt of American Christians to be both Pharaoh and the children of Israel, right? Oh. They want to be able to see themselves as, as the oppressed as, but they are clearly sitting in the seat of the scornful. They are the oppressors. And so the thing is, is that they have to come to terms with the white, white Christians, have to come to terms with the fact that they do not they do not possess the narrative of the just in the in the Exodus story. They are the they're the Pharaoh in this equation. They're the people who would lynch us and then go to Sunday school afterwards. Yes. Yes, that's exact and and me and Shonda talk about that all the time is the fact that and just to kind of piggyback what Shonda said, the thing that being cause I always use this term, I tell people that I, I got um, the Holy Ghost in 1999, but I didn't get saved to about 2010, 2011 is mm. when I begin to get um, fuller understanding and build my relationship with Christ myself. You know, right. you're, you're taught by your parents and you read the word, but around 2010, 2011 is when I really had my road to Damascus experience where Christ <laughs> really, you know, yeah. that's the yeah. purpose of me calling this show that because I feel like everybody needs to have that road to Damascus experience where you get out of religion and into relationship. And when you have true relationship with Christ, he will tell you what's right and what's wrong. He will show Mm. you, you don't have to listen. And I, I know some people hear this. I'm when I say, listen to the pastor from the standpoint of a lot of these pastors, the last couple of years and shown themselves to be uh, something that I didn't (laughs) think think they were going to be. And that's why it's important for you to have it for yourself. The Bible says study to show thyself approved. Right. Yeah, a good workman, workman who need yeah. not be ashamed, but rightly divides the word of truth. Word truth. Yes, but sir. the thing yes, is, sir. is that used to bother me and would get me disenfranchised being, and I don't know if you feel the same way, is when I would hear them talk about that the wrath of God was coming on America because of same-sex attraction <laughs> or because of yeah. abortion. But yeah. in turn, so God was okay with y'all raping indigenous and black women, hanging and killing black people. Um, destroying a whole population of indigenous people that had this land. God was okay with that, right. but but don't yeah. like boys and don't abort that baby. <laughs> I, I want to yield to Shonda. Shonda, what you got to say about that? Because <laughs> you look like you got it. <laughs> no, my brother and I have this conversation a lot because the church seems to have this idea that the lesbians and homosexuals are stealing people out of the church. That is not true. They are looking for a place to be helped and healed and loved. Come on. It is Come not on. the homosexuals and lesbians that are stealing people in the church. It's the deacons. It's <laughs> already on. in your church that's turning out the little boys. You know, it's these Come sisters on. who spent their whole lives and they couldn't wear pants and they couldn't hang out with the boys. So they started having these inordinate affections for each other that they couldn't talk about. So now it is right. a seed that has grown up in them, and that's the only thing they know to pass on. So you reproduce after your kind. Nobody is mm. stealing um, coming in here, taking people and turning the church into a homosexual <laughs> haven. You're reproducing after your kind. You can't be uh, both the follower and a control freak. You're going to have to pick one. Oh, oh, oh. So so that's why I'm so glad I asked you to, to, to jump in there because <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. Listen, listen, the number one problem. I mean, let's just cut a call a spade a spade. Like, you know, why does the church have a fixation on quote unquote sexual morality? 
right? It's because I've seen from my experience, there's so many people who want to control the sexuality of other people. They want to control the bodies of women. They want women's bodies to be there for oh, their geez. own personal pleasure. And this, and, and, and because you deal with a lot of men, I'm be real, let's keep it 100. Like we did a lot of men who didn't have a lot of notoriety. They didn't have a lot of fame. They weren't cool in high school. They didn't get all the women they wanted in high school. And they, we found a lot of people who could use the power of the church as a way of extending, uh, I'm sorry, their penises, to right. be quite honest with you. And so it becomes dangerous to the body of Christ, both in terms of any type of sexual relationship, whether it be a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual or, or gay LGBTQIA relationship. It, it, what matters is that the church has a problem with looking at itself in the mirror and understanding that people want to have sex just like everybody else. You're not special just because you're a Christian. Everybody has sexual <laughs> desires and everybody loves what they love. And I'm telling you, life is so hard. If you can find somebody to love you the way you need to be loved and how you need to be loved, ain't none of my business. <laughs> man, how did you feel as a man of faith when you begin to see the church start to embrace Donald Trump? <laughs> So how did you feel, Shonda? (laughs) (laughs) Choosing my words carefully. I think America's overt and covert racism made Donald Trump. And um, honestly, I was offended. What what about you, Stefan? Yeah, no, it was just those hidden things that people didn't talk about. Those just came out. And we already knew. And... Once it was uncovered, the people that couldn't see it were all only the people that weren't up, up you know, uh, abreast or aware of the impact that we already knew that we were dealing with. And the part, the part that probably affected me the most and was most frustrating to me was people that actually backed him that I thought that was like that you that what? you truly respected. Like what? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to tell you a little secret, Ben. So we actually started this podcast in 2016, and and we had um, went on a, a four-year hiatus. We had did about five episodes. It was me, Stefan, and uh, my cousin, Vince. Still the same show. If you listen, we got the old episodes up. If you listen, we did definitely come a long way. But we did an episode about Donald Trump. We never posted it. My brother-in-law who was a a Christian, he had only been in the church for a couple years, was supporting Donald Trump. And we brought him on the show. And because I really wanted to know how how are you, like, why, as a a black man, are you supporting Donald Trump? And he literally could not give, the only answer he kept bringing it back to was pro-life. Pro-life. And Stefan, Stefan was almost getting, Stefan um, is the type of person, my brother Stefan, that if you are able to say how you feel, he doesn't mind it. But if you can't explain why you feel that way, he will cut into you like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> and, Ste- and, and Stefan was was um, letting him have it. So 
um, with that whole to see, okay, we've had four years of Donald Trump. We've seen him be racist. We've seen him be misogynistic. We've seen him be um, any of the isms you want to talk about that aren't good. And yet, and then it all basically came to a head last week with the, the, uh, the riots in Washington, D.C. We're going to call them riots. And it was a, it, and, the, and I heard somebody on Sam Cedar's show. He had some guys that were there. Shout out to Sam Cedar. He, the gentlemen who were there um, said that they saw people in the crowds praying, speaking in tongues while there are literally people rioting in the, in the, in the Capitol building while there's people outside praying for protection as people are. Let me ask you a question if you don't mind. Go ahead. Can you understand now how the Crusaders could go through across uh, the region in the name of God slaughtering and maiming and taking things and you know plundering and raping and they're doing all these things and they're doing it in the name of God because you know the leadership gave them that cover but it's no more connected to God than this foolishness we saw last week absolutely, absolutely. thank you mm-hmm. go ahead Shonda I know Shonda <laughs> your face I try to control my face you know my mouth is saying my face still on the altar uh, I think that um, Donald Trump is the revelation of what America wanted to say. Yeah. You know how um, we are the sum total of our lives. You can look at, at a person's life. You can tell how they've been thinking, the things they've been speaking, because you see it. Just like um, Jesus was in the Old Testament concealed, in the New Testament revealed. I think Donald Trump is the revelation of what America has been wanting to say out loud for a long time. He gave them permission to do it. The thing with that is you have free speech. Absolutely. Say what you want. Say how you feel. What you don't get to control are the consequences because I am not my grandmother. And we don't respond the same way to this type of stuff, which is why you see the different movements, which is why you see all the shirts with I am not my grandmother. You can catch these hands. You know what I mean? You have permission to say what you want. You don't get to choose the consequences. And I think that's what America has forgotten. What you see now are the consequences of what you said. Well, and also these people think, I thought they, they really thought they were doing God's work and that it was going to be no consequence for what they did. When I see these people literally are saying Donald Trump should pardon them because he asked them to do it. So what do you think, Steph? Man, the whole thing <laughs> that, that, that was mind-boggling to me was people, and I'm gonna keep going back to this, is because it was people that I had looked at, right? That that actually had a solid foundation. Well, what on you the outside, <laughs> what I thought, and, and they were looking at me saying, "Man, you probably need to go pray about this because what you getting revelation on isn't the right thing." So it was kind of like a, a tactic of manipulation, telling me like, "Nah, you." you you having God hasn't told you you need to be going with this, whatever. And I'm thinking like, hold on. All these things, you got to look at the facts on this. This guy is, how, how can you be pro-life, but you're locking up people that have life? You know, and, and you're not you're not um, giving people equal rights as far as, you know, uh, the way that he incites uh, racism, the way that he um, constantly creates violent situations like the one that just we just saw at the Capitol. Um, 
he incited that. Right. And so you tell me that I need to get revelation from God <laughs> on something that I already feel is not the right decision. Yeah. And people still keep, they haven't even rescinded that. They're still saying, just wait. You'll see. Just what I'm like. Well, it's it's still it's still people telling us being that he's still gonna uh, keep his his position in office. So I wonder what they're gonna say at twelve on one on Wednesday after uh, uh Biden is sworn in. But let me let me ask you this, Ben, because the number one issue that has seemed to be the the issue, and we're gonna probably end up doing a bigger show about this, but the pro life that seems like the single issue voter is just the pro life like. You know, they they and and to me, I don't even call it pro life. Um, I call it um, uh, anti abortion because they're really not pro life. They they're just against abortion. But they taking that Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. But they, <laughs> oh. Let's be let's be sure. Like the abortion issue is just a cover. Right. It's a cover for them because their kids are getting abortions. Right. They are getting abortions. 65% of uh, this, this data is a little outdated, so, uh, but I'll give you the date. About 2012, 65% of the recipients of abortions were Christians. Wow. No, I've uh, never. That's according to the, the Guttmacher Institute. Now, that's 2012 data. Right. Well, I mean, but yeah. Well, maybe it's 50% now, but right. still, 50% of the abortions in this country, like, um, so if churches would preach, uh, live what they preach, we, we could have a major victory over abortion, but they don't want that. They want to control women's bodies. They don't want they don't want to address the underlying issues of why people get abortions, right? right? If you look at the same data, people, you know, they're married couples that get abortions because they cannot afford that last child. Well, that okay. that's that's what I always say. But continue. I'm yeah. sorry to mean to cut yeah. you off. So no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you all know the truth. All of us know the truth. It is a cover. And it's a cover that gives evangelicals the excuse to not actually fight for real justice. It gives them the excuse and the position to be able to pretend as if they are the oppressed when they are the oppressors. In other words, if they actually take abortion off the table, what the hell they got to complain about? Nothing, because they're the oppressor in every other category. Every other, this, every and other category. Capi- and, and what they don't realize or they don't care to realize is that this capitalistic system is one of the main causes people cannot have children, uh, cannot afford those children, that they end up having abortions. Like, like I'm honest, like, their families, I, I mean, I don't want to put all my business out there, right. but we couldn't afford our third son. Wow. Like we went ahead and had him. Right. But it was a close call because, like, how are we going to be able to afford this kid? Right. And so, you know, I get a little angry and indignant with evangelicals who put all their energy into the pro-life, quote-unquote, pro-life movement when they don't care about anybody after they're born. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should be it should be life from the tomb, from the womb to the tomb. So they don't care about the, the social programs that's going to take care of these kids. They don't care about health care. That's going to be able to get these kids the education, free college tuition. But what a lot of people don't know, and I'm just going to give a little brief history, is that the um, pro-life movement actually started out of segregation. Uh, When uh, Carter was president, um, the U.S. government was starting to make schools, uh, Christian schools that were predominantly white, told them that they needed to integrate or they wouldn't get federal funding. And a gentleman named Paul Wayrick, he got with... um, Jerry Falwell, moral majority was born and they went to Ronald Reagan, who was not a pro-life person and told him that we will deliver to you the church if you just start to push this issue. And that's where it came from. And when they talk about 
Because the thing, and, and I've had this argument with people at church, Ben, now mind you, I tell them this. Okay, so after we get these judges and they overturn Roe v. Wade, what you think is next? The Voting Rights Act? Now, now we can't vote. You know what I'm saying? The uh, Brown v. Board, are they going to overturn that? I mean, they don't, they don't look at the big picture. They think that they just want to overturn abortion and things like that. But it was all, but the underneath all of this was segregation. They, they didn't want their schools to be integrated. Bob Jones University didn't allow um, interracial dating until I think the year 2000. Interracial dating wasn't allowed until the year 2000. So it, it, it just becomes one of those issues where, go ahead, Shonda. I'm just listening. I'm sick of old white men whose bodies probably not working anymore trying to police women's bodies. Come on, cause, cause let's be real. Can I just throw this in, Shonda? Cause yes. I'm gonna throw it right back to you. Cause, cause let's be real. Like, you know, if they really wanted to stop abortions, let's just start all men as soon as they hit puberty with a vasectomy. Cause those could be reversed. <laughs> <laughs> we've, yes. instantly, we've instantly ended all the need for abortions. Yes. They don't want to do that though. I, I agree. I agree. I, it's all about control. It's all about control. That's why you can't tell me that this entire movement or all these evangelicals are Christian in any form. One of the, you know, one of the basics of, of Christianity is liberty. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's liberty. There is liberty. And for some strange reason, the church has adopted this political idea of control. Is that two Corinthians or second Corinthians? <laughs> two, two. That would two. be two Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben, hey, real quick to that, Ben, I don't care if you, if we all got that casual church, them CME Christians, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter, and, and as, yeah, for yeah. as casual as they are, they still know to say second Corinthians. When I heard two Corinthians, yeah, no, but I'm just saying when I heard, uh, two, uh, two Corinthians, it was like, wait, what did he say? It just made you pause. The folks who went to the strip club after watch night service know that it's second. Oh goodness. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, no, that, that when I heard that, and then his famous interview when they asked him about the Bible, uh, what's your what's your favorite uh, book? In, oh, I like them all. It's my second favorite. It's my first favorite book. Second favorite book is his book. And well, Old, Old Testament guy, New Testament guy, uh, both. Like he couldn't. I, I would have just asked. I said, name a book in the Bible. He I already did. No, without a teleprompter, just name one book in the Bible. I would say just name one book in the Bible. Right. Just name one book. And that's, and that's the response you would have got. He would have just looked at you just like the way you looked at me. Yeah, so um, so let me so um, let me ask you this, man. We kind of talked about it a little bit before, but about this American empire. Because you posted a, a, a video over the summer, and I sent it to Shonda. But the video, I, I, I've watched it at least a hundred times, where you had a uh, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, oh yeah, and you were in the corner just <laughs> having your own church service. Man, look here. And um, yeah. he he was speaking nothing but truth. Like, are you serving the same God as I'm serving? Because the God I serve is not the God of preemptive strikes. Come on, it's not the God of of of. I mean, he was just going. I'm. He said so much. He said, so 
where where do we do you think it is American quote unquote exceptionalism that makes us think that we are Jerusalem and Jesus's throne is in Washington D.C. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. White evangelicals. White evangelicals, conservative white evangelicals, if you want to be more precise. Right. Those people who hold up this white male patriarchal system, uh, Christian supremacy system, they need to read the context clues because as far as I'm reading from my Bible, they, they, they look like the people who are the Antichrist. They, they were in the mark of the beast, make America great again. They're elevating Trump to the level of not only America, but also to God. They're the ones right. who are, um, are are following after a tingling, uh, a tingling of the ear, right? They're, 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 looking, they're not looking for the truth. They're looking for someone who can tell them what they want to hear. So in every way that I'm reading it, like they have aligned themselves to be the biggest. They, they want to bring Armageddon, whether or not God is ready for Armageddon at that point and to me that's dangerous well i, I call it a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like they try to do god's job for him let's exactly. let's start this war with iran so iran can then bomb israel so now the the whole apocalypse it's can happen it's if like the entirety of the muslim world is not a direct lineage of abraham like they they don't understand want, that Be, what Bible are y'all reading? Ben, they they not too fond of Jewish people either. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, they just run. They they love Israel. They don't love Jewish people though. Come on, man. <laughs> they, they love the right wing authoritarian government of Benjamin Netanyahu. Not, not uh, uh, preach it. Come on, preach it. Now, now you talking my language when you say that because they they that's all they. At the end of the day, the thing that has frustrated me is that we will go to other countries, bomb them. Because they're brown and don't believe the way we believe, then we look for it as a justification. Well, God, God is allowing us to do this and bomb these people and kill these people. I mean, at the end of the day, like I can support Israel's right to exist, but I'm not going to be OK with Palestinians in an open air prison. Come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not OK with that. Wait, you talking about the 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 uh, brown uh, 
wool haired Palestinian man that we uh that that we that we uh talk about his principles and not this blind haired blue eyed man who he would have been the only blind haired blue right yeah. Yeah. Uh, AK forty seven gun toting uh healthcare denying you ain't gonna get no two face with five lows you better go and learn how to cook for yourself Jesus that's the Jesus they serve. Right. And, well, hey, you better what, what Reverend Rice say. They serving a different God than you. They serve. Right. Brother, they are serving, and I think at some point we got to come to terms with the fact that everybody who call on the name of Jesus ain't really saved. Amen. Hello. Amen. And and this is the thing, man. And let me ask you what you think about this, because this this is an epiphany that came to me the other day. The Bible tells us, "Judge not, lest we be judged." Right. Mm-hmm. But it says we could tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Right. It bears. Last week we saw the fruit. Of the evangelicals and Donald Trump come to fruition. All I saw was rotten fruit storming the Capitol building. So I ain't got to judge my eyes. Who I'm going to believe, me or my lying eyes? (laughs) So, so, So go ahead, Steph. No, yeah, I mean, you know, with this, this whole thing that's going on right now, man, it's really just, it's really just uncovered things to where you guys have been able to really dive in it deeper than me. I, I see it for the whole the whole Christian thing. You know, the, the whole politic thing has always been Brock's, and that, that's been his lane as far as really diving on that. And he keeps me abreast of the things because certain things, <laughs> I'm like, who is that? Who's that name? I don't even know that name. But the, the whole thing is, as we see it uncovered, that's why it's so important that we all had those, those individual relationships with God and, and actually that relationship with Christ because then he'll be the one that'll give us that revelation and that unction on, you know what, that's wrong. Don't believe that just because they're trying to push something. Brock said something that was important to me when he talked about, uh, you know, even the government trying to push, um, you know, and, and, and really animalize and the, the people that are overseas. You know, they, the, the, the way that they make America feel like it's okay is because they make those people seem barbaric. Yeah. And when you make somebody seem barbaric, like it was the Cowboys and the Indians back in the day, the movies. I used to root for the Cowboy, but now I'm thinking, like, man, these Indians might have just been there, you know, chilling. They might have been there chilling, having a nice little time. The Cowboys figure, you know, I, I need to settle here. I was feeling bad because they throwing, you know, they 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 throwing balls at them. You should have been throwing balls at him. Right. You know, launching balls and spears and all that because he came over there trying to take over your territory. But they made Come it on. to where I'm rooting for the cowboy now. Come he, on, man. You know, and, and, and so now we start, we really, as we get older, we start to look at these things like we were on that other side too. Right. Yeah. We were a part of the crowd, and now it's other people that are still a part of the crowd. That the same people that we're talking about, that we all know somebody that's probably voted for Trump that actually still right believes. Unfortunately, we do. You know, still believes yeah, that this man is gonna be is chosen by God. And the way I like to look at it, I'm like, listen, people choose their leaders, right? God can use whoever He wants to to get part to, to get through what He need. He doesn't need my vote. He doesn't need your vote. He doesn't need any of our votes. But at the same time, don't try to make God's agenda your agenda. To where you saying this is well, God is gonna do this with this man. How you know? <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I, the only confidence I can go out here and say is I believe I'm doing the right thing. 
by the best estimation, mm. the best thing I'm reading, but there's a possibility that I could be out here be wrong. No. They, they, they're not taking that into consideration. I can respect that. But see, now nah, that part I can respect being, because even, and me and Sean had, Shonda had this conversation, because I'm going to be open and honest with you. We had quite a few people at our church who were supporting Donald Trump, and it was me and Shonda were like shocked. And we will have conversations over the summer where it's like, are we in the minority? Like, are we wrong? Do I need to pray? And, 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 and like, is this something that I'm missing? And every time I got to a point where I felt like it was something I was missing, God would be like, no, nah, you ain't no, missing nothing. No, no. Let me tell you one thing, though, that I've come to. What, God has been dealing with me in a, in a really significant fashion, so much so that, you know, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I'm a Christian skeptic. I would say, if I'm anything, I'm a Christian humanist. Like, I, I've questioned my faith down to nothing. And, and and there was a sermon, let me tell you who helped me out, T.D. Jakes. I know he's not the most popular in terms of, like, liberation gospel, but this man preached a sermon some years ago that changed my life. He said, if heaven isn't real, and he said, and hell shuts its gates and everything ends at the grave, he said, I'm still glad I'm saved. Say that changed my life to the point where I can make a leap of faith and say, you know, I don't really. Of course, I have doubts. Right. You know, Thomas had doubts. I believe helped my unbelief, but I want to believe. Now, bring this back into the bigger and the broader conversation. The fact of the matter is, is that we're operating on a different principle than they're operating on. We're operating on a principle of we need God to deliver us. They're operating on a principle that they need a God that can help preserve their power structure. Man. So I believe because I have a position of desperation where I need him to guide my life, but also I need you to help me guide this guy through this white supremacist capitalist system that's set out to destroy black and brown people, indigenous people. That said, white folks got an entirely different vantage point, and they have the vantage point of Pharaoh. And they don't understand that white evangelical, conservative evangelicals, they believe they're doing the work of God, but their hearts have been hardened just like Pharaoh. Man. Go ahead, Shonda. Throw something. I'm just taking that in. <laughs> you know, I, I think this goes all the way back to um, them using a slave Bible to manipulate us. And I think we're our revelation is still being manipulated by an attempt to use that same Bible. So that we never realize how powerful we are, you know, so that we never realize how free we are. You know, it was never God's <laughs> intention for somebody to tell you what to do. You know, when he created Adam, Adam only had one vision. He only saw what God saw. He only saw himself the way God saw him. Mm -hmm. He never saw from outside in. He only saw from inside out. And I think if he had never bidden from that forbidden fruit, he would have never had two visions. There would never have been division. He's been, man has been able to be manipulated ever since then. So I think there's still an attempt to manipulate our revelation, and I'm not having it. Yeah, and you know what? And, Ben, you just said something that, that it just it, it kind of just gave me something even in that point. You just said something that is extremely important that I try to do every single day in my life. You just examined yourself. You just said, even if, you know, it, whatever, the whole little spill you gave, even about the T.D. Jakes thing, you're still happy you say. Maybe it's to the point now that people that are not on, that, that are speaking the things that we're against have taken the mirror away. Because I know every single morning I wake up, Christ is my mirror. You know, I'm looking at myself and I'm examining myself. I'm seeing where I'm wrong. I'm seeing, you know, even, even going back to when people were saying certain things, I'm trying to look at the perspective like, hold on, maybe I do need to pray about it. Let me pray about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because the mirror is constantly on me to see where I'm wrong. 
These people that are pitching this are not looking at the mirror. Everything, it's not them examining their sales. They're looking at other people. Saying, you know what, this is the issue. This is the issue. That's the issue. This is the issue. I can find a ton of things like that, even at work. You can relate that back to work. I can find a ton of things that are wrong with everybody around me. But if my leadership is wrong, nobody's going to follow me in that right direction. That's it. That's so it. I've got to constantly look at myself to say, what can I be doing right uh-huh. in order for these people to be doing the right thing? Can everybody- I throw something out here for y'all? Yep. Go ahead, yep. sir. All right. So evangelicals got to White conservative evangelicals, as they presently are, they have to examine themselves unless they become a castaway. Let me tell you where I most recently had to examine myself before I became a castaway. And one that I think um, some churches, not all churches, because some churches got this right. Um, You know, even as a black man, I still had some blind spots in terms of how I facilitated the role of Pharaoh. Right? Okay. Um, And the way, because, and and I think everyone needs to, most people, Probably all people need to pause and reflect in what way am I Pharaoh? Because we always think we're the hero of the story. We rarely ever take into consideration that there's some places where we could be the villain. Now, um, I'm going to start with myself because I can't, you know, I can't right. demand nothing of the church or anybody else. <laughs> I start with myself. You know, my own household. I talk about it pretty regularly. Like, right. I had to see that there was a level of misogyny that I was groomed into, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm woke. I'm thinking I'm delivered. I'm right. thinking I'm following Christ. I'm thinking I'm subjecting myself to my wife the way she, you know, it's like cross-subjugation. You know, we're subje- submitting, not subjecting, but submitting, cross-submitting. And and truth was, was like, there was just some stuff my wife was not ready to tell me because she didn't think I could handle it because of the male ego. Wow. Now, I don't have to say any more other than she's been free to say it, and I've been, you know, I've been recovering ever since. I've been in recovery mode, my right. brain and my ego. She's been piecing me back together. I want to say this to, like, like black churches who still aren't doing this. Y'all better listen to black women because if we operate with the spirit of Pharaoh in the church— then we're not going to ever have the power that we need in society. Because you asked me at the beginning of this podcast, what is the role of the black church? It is deeper and more powerful than we ever considered, but we're never going to get there if we're still afraid to let black women lead churches. Amen to that. No, and even... And I don't know what denomination you all are from, well, but I'm from the Missionary Baptist Church, and they still trying to figure that out. Over right, there. well, <laughs> I mean, we... Uh, the church we go to, well, the church me and Shonda go to is uh, non-denominational, but we come out of the, yeah, but we, we come, we come out of the, the Pentecostal apostolic tradition. Oh, so you know. You yeah, know. so we know, but, but I mean, I, even in, in my own life, the, like you said, and what I mentioned earlier, and I, I probably even mentioned this on every podcast about my own salvation. When The reason I gave my life to Christ in 1999 was my uh, then girlfriend got pregnant. And and I knew the only way that I could be the father that I needed to be was to give my life to Christ. Now, I've been raised around holiness, but I didn't know what it meant to be saved. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that for me to be the father I needed to be to this child that was coming, I gave my life to Christ. Now, as I begin to get older around, like I said, 2010, 2011 is when I begin to have my Damascus experience where I realized I was had some some um some views that were old school as far as you thinking you better than people, you know, that self-righteous we have, we have been, cause you know, the church, black church. Now that's one thing we major in is self-righteousness. We did it that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I had to break that self-righteousness and understand and get an understanding and a love 
for all viewpoints or people, you know, even the way we look at people that are same sex attracted or people like that, where it's like, you know, it's a, it's a woman right now and I'm calling it into manifestation, Jackie Hill Perry. I just, I'm reading her book right now. Um, it's called a uh, good, good, uh, good God, gay girl. And she okay. talks about her lifestyle about she's married now with three kids, but she says that she's still attracted to women. Um, but if you get a chance, you need to check her out being, but, you know, just listening to somebody like her has changed my perspective, even the way we look at same sex attractive people, how we were raised in the church to look down on certain people and things like that. So my thing is, is Paul, Paul talked about that, which I shouldn't do. I, I, I do that, which I should. I shouldn't. Oh, yeah. oh wretched man that I am. I, yes. I think that the road to Damascus is about running that race and pushing yourself towards that mark of the high calling, which is we'll never get to where Christ was. But we we strive towards that mark. And a lot of these people who we see on television, whether it be these evangelicals like a Paula White, like a Jim Baker, um, like a, a Hagee and all these other guys who were um, pushing Trump and trying to shove him down our throat and telling us that this was God's chosen servant and, and things like that. Like, you know, you can give me the scripture that no powers that be unless they be through Christ Jesus. But like I told people. The people wanted Saul. God told them, if you pick Saul as your king, this is what you're going to get. And I feel like we got, we wanted Trump, and this is what we got. Yeah. And they so, yeah, they, they, powerful. no, but they, they wanted Trump. So, so I appreciate you sharing that, though. <laughs> she, said that she, she said, I didn't want Trump. <laughs> no, 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 but even, and I'll be honest with you, and I don't want to say this person's name because I want to try to have him come on the podcast. I'm not a fan of theirs, but it was a gentleman. He's white. Um, gentleman who's come to our church several times. He comes once a year, and he was at the uh, March March of the riot last week. And yeah, and and he he's a white gentleman. He's come to our church, and when I've se- when I seen him, and and see his post being it it was it was shocking to me because he calls himself a prophet, and and he kind of you know gave me that vibe. But then you see the the videos and the stuff he's posting, and I'm thinking to myself like. And I and and I, I couldn't that cover right. <laughs> I, I just I don't mean to cut you off, but it's the cover that it because because so okay so uh, Brock you 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 follow me and you, you yeah. know what happened with the left and I lost twenty thousand followers yep. and it was a big kerfuffle and everything right and 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 the truth is is like you know I I would do it again because I believe I was speaking the truth I would do it differently right I would be a little more strategic but but what I realized in that area one of the reasons why I'm like I don't. I can't go out here in the name of politicians. I got to go out here in the name of the Lord is because they did the same. I believe that it was the same thing done over there that we see evangelicals doing with Trump. If you have a wedge issue that you could use, not even a wedge issue, but, but it's a cover issue. Right. It gives you cover to excuse everything else that's wrong with the person you're, you're making special pleading for. Right. In other words, they use, pro-life issues right as an excuse to justify everything that donald trump does so no matter how many things he does that is evil even three hundred and fifty thousand people dead from COVID 19 because of his recklessness it's okay to them because oh it's not real ben you didn't know that life. church folks well, that too, that too. it's also yeah they, it's it's wild man so I, I feel bad for some of our uh, our brothers and sisters in, in this in this thing yeah so um did you have anything that you were about to ask sean Okay, so just the last question being, um, yeah. where do we go from here, in your opinion? Like, 
you were kind of mentioning a little bit earlier, but what, because one thing that I think that you do a good job of when I listen to you is strategy. So if, if I, if I had Ben Dixon and I gave Ben Dixon a, a Ted talk to give to the church, black churches for 20 minutes or a 30 minute Ted talk, what would, what would Ben Dixon tell the black church they need to do? Be black, think black. I would say buy black, but I'm not a capitalist. <laughs> uh, but I will, I will say this. Think black, be black, because the changes that have to take place in this country, if we don't operate in our faith and in our blackness, let me, let me reverse it. Our faith and our blackness gives us the authority by virtue of the Constitution to speak truth to this country that otherwise would get us killed might get us killed anyway, but at least we could say we're coming in the name of the Lord, we're coming in the name of the Constitution, and this is what the Bible is saying, this is what politics is saying, this is what the world is saying. And if we operate in our blackness, because let me tell you something about our blackness. I always put truth first. And if we come into an intersection where there are people who are black who are saying things that are not true, then we got to get them just like we get Donald Trump, right? You don't get any special coverage just because you're black. But if you're black and you're operating on the principles of liberation and you're trying to help set the people of God free from Pharaoh, then I say operate in your blackness. Be black because we as a people have been born into the bottom of the most powerful empire in the history of the planet. But not only did we survive that empire, we survived their white supremacy. We have survived their capitalism. And so those strategies that you're talking about, Brock, they're not just my strategies. They're strategies of black mothers and black fathers who have had to survive the system all these years. So operate in your greatness, in your blackness, and in your faith. And I think we're going to win. Man, Shonda. I, I love all that. You know, either way we win. It's like a win-win. 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 Um, I'll say this, when your um, spiritual beliefs transcend white evangelical comprehension, then there's a problem. But you can't tell me what to do when that very thing is manifested in your own life. And so all this, this stance that they have right now, if you look at their lives, you can't tell me what to do. The Bible says one thing. You were talking about the fruit and how we, you know, we see the fruit. You know, my mm -hmm. question would be, are we seeing fruit or are we seeing a tree that's bearing no fruit? Because the Bible says every branch that beareth not fruit is taken away. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing these branches being carried away. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what, what branch, I mean, I don't mean to take it in no, direction. What, what fruit... What fruit are you looking for? Because they, they are, you're right. If we take it from the perspective that they're not bearing fruit, um, the first five things I say is like, they're not, they're, they're not bear, bearing love. They're not bearing what? patience. They're not that, bearing meekness. They're not bearing yeah. any of the Beatitudes, right? right? Let's go all the way yeah, back to yeah, school. Yeah, right? not, no, none of it. Right. And, and what I'll say to say that, Ben, and that, to me, the number one thing I tell people is Christ's, Christ's whole message was about love. They said, right. what are the greatest commandments? He said, the first commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. The second is love thy neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't give you a prerequisite of what your neighbor had to be. He didn't say love your white neighbor, your black neighbor, your Native American, indigenous neighbor. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say your straight neighbor, your transgender neighbor. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
and 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 if you're not even if if you're not even coming to me with the principles of love, no matter who the person is, I don't care if you if the person don't believe the way I believe, they don't pray the way I pray, they don't dress the way I dress or think the way I think. I'm still gonna love you in spite of. He said, love, faith, um, love, faith, and I'm uh, hope. But the greatest of these three is love. And then he also tells us what love those who hate you. Pray for those who despise you and bless those who despitefully wish to use you. So we don't we don't see any of that with these people. What we see is to me what we've seen with with drone strikes and all. But the thing that we've seen to me being is the last grasp of white supremacy trying to keep power because they see. (laughs) Go ahead. No. No, no, but what we see is the last grasp of white supremacy seeing their power dwindle away. And because their power is dwindling away, they will do anything to keep it. They will use the name of God to say we are doing this in the name of God. They will. They've shown themselves for 400 years in this in the history of this country to steal, kill and destroy like the enemy and then say it it is thus saith the Lord. And, and, and Kaiser, Kaiser Sose said what? The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. That's right. So I dropped yeah, the mic really, on that one. <laughs> they, they, bro, you dropped it, man. They don't realize it in, in a way, like, I, I hate to say it, like, I mean, and it's cruel, but it's true. They're operating in the spirit of the Antichrist in so many ways, bro, because they, what they're doing is, an, I'm not talking about the end times. No, no, I, I, yeah. Well, the Bible said there are Antichrists amongst us now. Exactly. And that, that's what they're doing. But I want to say this in terms of what's next to really answer your question thoroughly. Right. Because you, 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 you led us there. The fact of the matter is, is that this is the pendulum finally starting to swing backwards. Those, those races last week, they jumped the shark. They went one step too far, <laughs> even for American imperialism and American white supremacy. They're like, we like you, but we don't like you enough to overthrow democracy. And so now, I believe if we do our part right and we just stand for what's true, we don't got, we don't have to play any games. We don't have to do any manipulations. All we got to do is stand on the truth. We're going to see the, sw- the, the the pendulum swing back in the opposite direction, where these races got to go and hide again. Absolutely. And one thing real quick, Ben, I used to often, and I said this to Shonda and Stephanie before, I used to often wonder to myself when the Bible said, if it be possible, even the very elect to be fooled. And I used to think to myself, like, I, it's too much. I know too many people with too much knowledge to fall for the okie doke. And and then the last four years being to show me, oh, wow, it ain't going to take that much for the. And I don't want to be that blind. That's right. Why, that's why I have rule over even if it's even if it's just patriarchy right right the people who have to survive you are the best people to help you see your blind spots and brother i don't ever want to be so blind out here that i can't see that i have myself been fooled so if you really want somebody to tell you the truth ask your wife uh there you go so um <laughs> what, what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap it up how we do this being is we normally go around and everybody gives a closing statement so since you're the guest i'm gonna let you go last and okay. uh but um yeah thank you but we always start with the ladies first. Shonda already knew that. That's why she was flipping her sheet. So go ahead, Shonda. All I'm going to say is this. Um, we, we live in two different Americas right now. And yeah. if you can't see that, it's because you are choosing to be blind. You know, so I would say to anybody um, listening to the podcast, don't be ignorant. If you are ignorant, it is a choice. Don't be ignorant. Thank you, Shonda. Steph, go ahead. I just say this. Uh, on my truck, 
It's a van. And uh, sometimes it's, it's so big I can't see on the side of it. But my truck is equipped with these uh, blind spot indicators, little triangles that's, that's on each of the mirrors, that the vehicles that are on the side of me that I can't see, this thing gives me the indication that a vehicle is on the side of me. And when you're in truth, the Holy Spirit will give you the exact same indications of when you are in the blind to let you know that, hey, don't follow the crowd. Be the example of what I've called you to be. So I want to continue to promote the relationship with Christ that he can be that blind spot indicator for you to let you know when all of these people are pitching things and the media is telling you one thing. And uh, it's, it's a ton of people out here with, with different points of views and trying to lead you down these different paths to let you know that keep God in truth and continue to seek Christ because he'll be that indicator for you and he'll keep you on the right path. So, yeah, that was. Thanks, Steph. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, being first and foremost, before I say my closing statement, again, I just want to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm very appreciative, you know, later on if I, if I ever reach out and you got time, but I just want you to know just for you to do this for me, it's been special. So I just really want to thank you. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed your input. I'm going to keep supporting you, not only with my, with my uh, support of watching your shows, but with my dollars and things like that. Even though you're not a capitalist, I stay a, <laughs> a patron. <laughs> But I just but I just really want to thank you. But um, <clears throat> Jesus had 12 people with him that walked this uh, walk with him uh, for those three years. But when it came time to do what he needed to do, he found himself in the garden by himself with no he found the garden himself in the garden by himself with nobody at all. And he asked God to give him the revelation of what he was about to go through. A lot of times in life, we are with the crowd and they'll tell us what to do and things like that. But when it's time to really for the rubber to meet the road, it's only going to be you and God. And, and when it's just you and God, he will give you the revelation of what you have to do. And what you have to do may be scary. It may, a lot of folks may not understand. But like my dad has always said, his favorite scripture, if you trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. That's it. So keep it moving. And go ahead, Ben, close us out, please. Thank you. First, I want to start with that's my dad's favorite scripture, too. We said it every night before <laughs> we ate dinner. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Um, I want to read, I, I don't really, I've said a lot, and I, I just want to read one of my favorite scriptures. Um, it, it is a little long, but I'm, I'm going to try to get No, go ahead, you fine. Um, it's Isaiah 59, um, and I'm going to start at verse 14. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it and was displeased, uh, he, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on the righteousness of breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in a seal as, cloak, as a cloak. 
according to their deeds. So he will repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies, and coastlands he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will make like a rushing stream. He will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and those in Jacob who uh, turn from transgressions declare the Lord. Um, I just want to say that God notices the truth has fallen in the street. He, they have not been ignoring the fact that we are living in a post-truth America and society. Um, and if we don't take care of it, he'll come down and take care of it himself. Amen to that. So we want to thank you for listening to The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>